Welcome to Highway Diary. I'm your host, Eric Collinbach. This is episode 315. Nikolai Hernandez. How you doing, buddy? Are you saying it Hollerbach? Like it's German? That is right. <laughs> is it really? It really is. We were just talking about Schlitterbahn. We were. I, I saw a kid. He was. Uh, he just got off the water slide and he fell backwards and he started having a seizure because he hit his head. Oh my god! <laughs> there is a death trap. There was one ride as soon as we walked in where it was like blue tubes, yeah. and then there was like the the one that was like higher. I know. And they were they were like, that one's the scary one. And so I was like, I immediately went on it and I was like, like got in line for the scary one. And I was like, hey dad, you got to do this. And he's like. Well, uh, I don't know. And I'm like, they say it's a scary one, so only men do this. And he's like, all right. Like, I challenge his manhood. He immediately does it with me. But as we were doing, like, as you're going around the turns, I mean, you're, like, at the top of the fucking turn, dude. There's no more slide Yeah, left. no, you're dying. So I was, like, kind of like a cat. I was, like, spread eagle, like, going... I want to slow down a little, a little bit Like here. when you throw a dog in midair and they're like, oh, where am I going? Dude, um... And then that boy who got decapitated on Verrucht, which means crazy in German. <laughs> Were you working there when the boy got decapitated? Yeah, we also did not allow Jews. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all, the oven ride was great where you'd slide 200 feet down into a <laughs> burning oven. You just check the noses and you're like, yeah, you're good. Oh. Your your nose is this long. We for did this that ride. fake science where we measure the circumference of their skull, and you're like, "Oh, you are the intellectual. Yes, you are criminal. Yes, you will go down in the slide." Oh, fucking Schlitterbahn! Did you write notes for this? Yes. <laughs> Let me read this. No, I'm gonna ask you them. Nikolai sounds Ukrainian slash Mexican. That is true. Did your dad really die? One of those is true. Neither of them are true. <laughs> Neither of them are. My dad did not. Did I say that my dad died here? I don't. I don't know yet. We just started. Did I your mean, dad at die? Anderson Mill Pub? If people don't know, we're parked out of. Out, this is what Joe Rogan does. He <laughs> pulls up in his Toyota. What a rinky dink podcast <laughs> it is. The reason why I say, "Hey, come <laughs> in my car," because fucking fuckos annoy us when we sit down and people are like, "Oh, you're the comedians." Oh, oh, yeah. And it's like, go away, I'm trying to do a podcast. And it's like, I, I've had to like, if I seclude you into my rape car, then I don't have to edit later all the times that dum-dums come through and like, you oh, know Oh, have what you I mean? tried actually doing it in there? I've done like, I would go to a show, like a bar show, you know, yeah. this is how I always operate. I go to a bar show, we do the podcast, then we do the show and I cut little clips of stand-up in. Yeah. And before when I would sit at the bar, um, you know, other comics or friends of mine who I don't mind being interrupted oh. by would just constantly come up and care. say hi. Drunk. And I would go, hey, we're recording, we're recording. Even people who have been on my podcast yeah. and know the deal, I'm pointing to the thing, we're recording, we're recording. Oh, okay, I just want to say, hey, did you, uh, you know, fuck that fat girl? I'm like, yes. You know what I mean? And so it's just like, whatever. Talia, she was my first. Ugh. <laughs> what a lady. Uh, dude, the, my standards are just going way down. Have you ever seen a therapist, Nikolai Hernandez? My standards are low, too. It's probably why I need to see a therapist. I um, Yeah, I lied to him. <laughs> I lied to him. He was like, are, how are things? And I'm like, great. I don't want to kill myself. And he's like, okay, that costs $90. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay. So you wanted to lie to him so that he wouldn't keep charging you more money if he really 
started digging around in your head? I was fucking retarded. I don't know what I was doing. I was young. I what, was young. What ages were you starting to have behavioral 18, problems? 18. I mean, started nine. <laughs> it's three. Did they give I you a diagnosis? Because um, I saw that on your list of questions. I don't think diagnoses are important. Uh, no, 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 yeah, yeah, they, they gave me a diagnosis, but that's only because I, I just wasn't describing it, I was, I'm a fucking alcoholic, and I didn't know it at the time, mm. and I was just like, oh, at why 18? am I miserable, yeah, yeah, at like, a uh, 14, I was oh, raised wow. by alcoholics, mm. before mm-hmm. I had started drinking, and then I had started drinking, and then just started putting holes in walls, started filling in my own holes, putting things in my anus, putting things in my mouth at the same time, yeah, yeah, I mean, that should have been my diagnosis. I got in a, into a program. Look at this fucking creep. At least he's got a logo on the side, though. <laughs> Usually white vans are filled focus, with screaming focus. children. Focus, You're in the middle of uh, revealing your dark secrets. I'd probably feel more comfortable in his van than in your car. <laughs> <laughs> what if I start jerking you off? So, um, I can't get it up. Okay, so you were an alcoholic and you were like having problems with school. I was just everything. Yeah. I were was, you playing hooky? You weren't going to school? I was missing the bus. Um, you know, I, I, I was just avoiding responsibility. I was miserable at that age. I think I was miserable until like a year or two ago. I just started doing comedy. I just started being alive. How, what changed uh, where a year ago you start, stopped being so miserable? Oh, God. Stop lying to myself. Stop fucking doing all of that. Um, I started admitting I have good qualities, but I think I really became ready to do stand-up. This is one of the first places I did stand-up. Um, I really became ready, I think, once I kind of stopped hating myself. That went on for a while. Self-hate's like a drug. You can, like, take it in doses. You can take it in shots, or you can just chug the whole thing. And I think I chugged it for a couple years there. Uh, I lost a couple. See, that's what's weird is you don't realize seeing. I've already gotten too vulnerable. If this was Joe Rogan, I would have challenged him to physical. And I can beat Joe Rogan in physical combat. I am. No, I'm going to slowly open you up like an onion, Nikolai Hernandez. So you were chugging self hate. You just looked in the mirror. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely needed to. I needed a different way. I needed to get clean. I, I mean, I was just like, I was raised by insecure people and then I was raised by like someone who was a real just vicious alcoholic you know yeah yeah and I, I think a part of your 20s is just figuring that shit out uh-huh I really needed something uh, I got into ACA that helped it's like a program what what does ACA stand for it's like adult children of alcoholics it's a mix okay. between AA and between Alana it's really just like it's all the shit that alcoholics missed like mm-hmm. learning how to open a bottle in your car. Would you want this? <laughs> no, I'm good. I have two. Are you joking? You don't want this? Okay, right now. Did you open it for me? Yes, of take. course. Don't help. Don't hate yourself. I said right off the bat, I got a mineral water for you. Yeah. Listen, you're you're arguing against the wrong person. If you, <laughs> I owe you ten mineral waters. No, no, no. Because <laughs> I've taken so much. No, you're giving me a podcast, so I take care of my guests. This is a diesel engine. This is costing $20 as we speak right now. It, it's just, it's for me, car. it's, thank you. For me, it's got a couple, uh, you know, I got to use. It's already got 89,000 miles on it, but they give me a good warranty plan. That's like, not bad. For three years, they take care of it. Really? Yeah. Damn. Wh- you you know why? Because I negotiated, and I just pointed right here. 
And even though I'm Catholic, they're like, <laughs> we don't want the lawyers to come over. You know what I mean? Are you Catholic? Yeah, yeah. I was raised Catholic. I'm, my mom's Italian. Oh. Only Italian. Like, really? she's Jersey Italian. And my really? dad, my dad is German Irish. Oh, so shit. So it's only three white people. Mm. German, Italian, and uh, <laughs> There's Irish. only three. That's only three white people. You're right. Polish, do they count? Yeah, they count together. as white people. No, I mean, in my blood. There's mm. only three white people in my blood. Oh, okay. Italian, German, Irish. What are you... What? What is your nationality? Are you... Because your name is Nikolai Hernandez. Nikolai sounds Polish-Ukrainian. Hernandez sounds Mexican to me. What is your ne- nationality? Uh, Am I 12, right? You have 12 questions on there, and they're not going to go well. <laughs> I have 16 questions. Oh, fuck. Um, my mom was pregnant, as most moms are. <laughs> <laughs> your mom had you. I assume. Shocking information. She more gave me. From her hole, <laughs> from that strange hole that one <laughs> that I don't seem to understand. Can you draw a picture of it? Because I took a fat girl home the other night. Yeah. And like, I still don't even know what I saw. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? Uh... Fuck. She was um, before she went into labor. They had given her an epidural, and she was watching a specific vampire detective show, and the guy's name is Nikolai. Oh. Like, the son that my husband will hate the most will be named Nikolai. And then what is your, what's your nationality though? Oh, um, American, immune to COVID, red, white, and blue. <laughs> if you're a bom- if you're a brown person, I want to bomb you. I want to bomb your tent. I want to uplift all the sand. I'm Mexican, mm-hmm. but I grew up hating because of the self hate. I didn't learn Spanish. I grew up with a deep animosity for my father because of my deep animosity for myself so I don't really connect if I see Mexicans out in public like the big brown dude the Mexican dude I hate him but I like <laughs> as an individual I love him but I hate the shit out of him just wait are I'm, you talking about one of the hosts here uh no no what big brown oh I know yeah yeah the annoying guy <laughs> we're gonna talk about him we, oh this is my him. next question <laughs> we were we were trying a pre-interview for the podcast last time we saw each other which was probably three weeks ago here mm. And this guy kept this interrupting us. This is fucking tremendous. A middle boy. Um, he was like, "Oh, my dad just died," and like we were, he was like, "Okay," and we're like, "Okay, are you a comic?" He's like, "No, I'm not a comic." And me and you, he's a comic. He just doesn't want to admit. Are it. such pieces of shit that I remember what we were telling him. Do you remember what we said to him? Yeah, I do. What, what did we <laughs> say to him? A lot of the things I say about George Floyd, I said about that man's dad. <laughs> He deserved to die. He was selling counterfeit money. <laughs> I, remember, fentanyl. I remember saying something like two conversations later was about masturbating. And I was like, oh, so do you masturbate and you think about your dad? Like, do you get like a sex doll <laughs> yeah. in your dad's face with oxygen tubes in him and fuck it? And he was like, are you, what are you doing? Are you saying, are you trying to fuck with me? And then he's like, I have a lot of money. He pulls out like hundreds of dollars. Is that what he did? Remember he that? Wasted. He Remember was that? Fun. He's like, I got hundreds of dollars here. I was like, can I have some? And Smash. he's like, well, it's like, what are you doing? You're going to show off that you have money? And like, it's he's like, one of those. He reminds me of who I used to be because he's insecure. And that's why I tolerate him. That's why he bothers us. Uh, because you I, see it with your self-hate x-ray vision. I know it. I know what go, he's doing. Yeah. He's a version of me that gets pussy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's got the gold chains, he's got the money, he's got the hair, he's got the... The, the comb, the leather jacket, the grease back Mexican... Yeah, no, he's doing that whole thing. The donkey. 
<laughs> yeah. That piece of shit get out of my country. But yeah, the insecurity. We that were is. Shitting on him. We were shitting on him so, so hard he stayed there. <laughs> That's what insecure people do. He stayed there. And it's like I was trying to say conversation ending things so he would go away so I could talk to my buddy. And oh. it was like he was just like, Yeah, I'm gonna try it like probably like in two weeks I'll try stand up. Uh, like, here all the time. And it's like just fucking is, do it. You know what he was doing that night? He kept giving Mike uh, yeah. shots. Yeah. And Mike was just and I was like, Oh, Mike's looser. He's doing well. He's doing okay. No, he was just black. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, I want to drill back on, on a, this. You said for... for drill back. Uh, until a year ago, you, you were just in this spiral of self-hating, self-hating, self-hating. Oh, yeah. And then how long ago did you do stand-up? Mm. Like how long... I'm did on I like see my 34th set. Uh, probably my third, fourth set. Yeah. I think you did. Yeah. Um, it's, so it took six months of not hating yourself... Even then, I still hated myself. To Honestly, then get into... St- just getting in a program and realizing what I was and what was really happening there and kind of learning the truth, then it was like, okay. Because I've, I've been listening to stand-up. I would fall asleep in middle school to listen to Louie. You know, I imagined he was there jerking off. And I was applauding, <laughs> I was applauding because he would do it well, you know. So what were you lying to yourself about alcoholism and substance or about... Avoiding uh, responsibility. Yes. <laughs> about. Yes. Yeah, everything. I was lying to myself about everything. That's a deep denial. People don't get that. I can tell when someone's in deep denial because uh, it's just familiar. It just screams my childhood. I mean, they. if you were looking to make someone an incel, uh-huh. to make someone like a serial killer, this looks like a radar scanner, like for police cars. <laughs> I'm just making the audio levels, making sure we're getting it. Um, but go on, yeah. Uh, yeah, if so, you wanted to raise someone to hate themselves, you would raise them like they raised me. And I think just because everyone in my life hated themselves, I just learned the nuances of it, but not actually, like, how it worked. So I couldn't stop any of it. It was like, this so is natural. just my programming is, like, your hardware is hate self-hatred, yeah. and then it manifests in different ways. It yeah. manifests in messiness. Yeah, yeah. It manifests in... It manifests in trying to become authority. I mean, it's every one of those laundry list traits in the program, trying to become authority because I was so scared of it. So I would, like, hyper-succeed in one thing. Like, I was big into Jayarazzi, and, uh, which is just, like, fucking high school military training, and I went so hard at becoming the top because I was so af- afraid of, like, being judged by any other sort of authority. I mean, it's just a fucked-up way to live. Like, I look back on that, and I don't even, like... I wasn't even conscious. Like, I, I've been smoking weed. I drank a couple beers before I came to this. I'm more conscious now than when I was back then. Mm. Like, what a fucking gift. Like, you're living with, like, intention instead of living program there, by program. Yes and no. There was plenty of intention to control things in my life. That's one of the lies is that you have to control things unless you won't be, like, okay. And just trusting that I would be okay, just be... I mean, I used to sit there in high school and just feel like I was in the wrong skin. Not like I was transgender, because I assume that's a thing they deal with. Um, And they are real women. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, it was was just like I couldn't be comfortable or honest or present. I mean, it's all the stuff... What did you... Did you see another kid in the class and go like, I would body switch with that person tomorrow? Not even. I just wanted to sink into the ground. I think my being alive 
I used to think it was like a curse against God, which is weird because I believed in God, but I had so much like um, distance. What was the narrative? What were did your parents have a mantra, a negative mantra that was a story that you were telling yourself? Uh, you know, it's just how they treated each other. I mean, my my life mantra back then was, "You are not okay." And so you should not feel okay. Isn't that fucking crazy that people could live like that? It's nuts. It's nuts. And so it's crazy that a year ago, six months ago, I just started feeling okay. Like I just came at it. And that's why Anderson Mill Pub is so important is because like I, you guys get to see me learn how to feel okay. Except I'm doing it on stage and the whole room smells like old cigarettes somehow. And you know, it's why I think Chris was really important. Um, and it's really, it's just selfish of him to get COVID and stuff. <laughs> yeah, so Anderson Mill Pub, Chris Seal uh, would kind of run. He was the third host, but also would set up the equipment. And then Mike Kudak and uh, Josh Castro yeah. are the hosts. And he just died of COVID. And so now, for like four weeks now, this show, that I love this show too, yeah. um, has been down. It's a great place for, to practice because it's like low stakes but still if you're funny you get laughs it's and weird, so yeah. it's like kind of has this like sweet spot of like well there are 20 30 people paying attention and watching if you're super funny but yeah. then if you if too many people bomb in a row then the kind of audience uh, drifts away like which like they fleas. often do yeah but um yeah, i remember so so me and you have seen people george floyd deal with name. deal with hecklers um, someone we saw one time kind of have a like, manic episode and challenged a drunk Mexican, which is your favorite, to a fight and all this stuff, right? That made me love Tamir. So, I don't know who you're talking about. And then, um, but then, there's another way to deal with hecklers, is there was, and what made me fall in love with you, Nikolai Hernandez, and I'll give you a hand job later, is that... I have four There was four biker dudes that each weighed 300 pounds. Oh, I remember. And they were making a racket, and they were buying each other so beers, so and they loud. were just these big, big windbags, four big windbags. <laughs> and then you go, shut up, you Samoan housewives. Uh. And they were so drunk and retarded, they didn't even, <laughs> that didn't even land into their consciousness. It doesn't. You can just but, go. I I swear to God, and I <laughs> I go as soon as you said that, I perked up in my chair because I was willing to fight for you at that moment. <laughs> Luckily, I swear to God, I was gonna. I was they like, oh that. shit! <laughs> if these fucking dumbasses realize that they're that how much they were destroyed right now, they would start fighting, but they were too oblivious. And luckily I didn't have to defend your honor. <laughs> I talked too much shit though. But uh, uh. it's like you have this weird superpower and it's <laughs> because of what you were saying before, I had such self-hatred. I had suicidal thoughts uh, like all the time. And like, I was like lower than low that like you you're not giving a fuck when you know you're going to say something <laughs> funny is like so next level of like so not give a fuck because it's like you can't do anything to me that I don't think about myself. Right, right. And no, like, it's it's weird to hate that. It's weird to hate that yeah. when it's like the greatest gift that's gotten me through life. 
when that's like the shittiest aspect of myself and when you use it as a shield I think Nietzsche said that when you start using your worst aspects as positives that's when your life really changed and now that I'm fucking using my worst aspects like I like I, I had a, uh, a show at the Romo room where I realized like as long as I'm loose and I just go up without material that's okay because my material is so shit but the shitty things I've been doing my whole life works it works up there. That's like, it's crazy that I would hate myself when there's so many things I've been blessed with. Hashtag blessed. You know. Like, I prayed for Chris to die. And he wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been blessed with? Don't don't deflect your own uh, self-adulation. Oh, no, you almost said something nice about yourself, uh, and I agree with it. It's, the, it's that humor. I've talked a lot of shit. I remember early on when I was like seven, cursing out my brother. And he had the phone behind his back and he pulled it out and he's like, I've been recording this. And unless you do what I say, um, then I'm going to show this to mom. And I was like, that can't happen, dude. She can't know I'm a fucking degenerate. Mm. And then what? I did what he said. I mean, I, but the point is I've been talking shit my whole life. Um, yeah, I, I have a big mouth and I haven't, I've never been in a fight, but I'm sure someone's going to beat my ass for it eventually. <laughs> I've never been in a fight, but I'm expect every time I go up there, I'm just like, oh, okay. One of these fat people are gonna come after me. Um, are you from Texas? Are you from Corpus Christi area, or where are you from? Oh, because that's where Mexicans are from. They I come down. They cross I think the border you said the... something on stage, and you were like something about from being from the Gulf or something like this. And then I literally <laughs> look at a map, and I was like, trying to figure it out. <laughs> that's sweet. No, I'm lying. Um, I, I'm from Hatred. I've lived in Austin my whole life, but I just wouldn't go out. Kind of like in that movie with um, Tom Hardy. Who did he play? Charles Bronson, the prisoner. Okay. He just kind of lit, stood up in that cell and would just walk around to keep so himself. So you were up. like always here, but you were just in this self-contained prison. Yeah. Yeah, that's like when women I date, they're like, I didn't, I had no idea you were just here, like you were just hanging around. And I was just in self-hate the whole time. So I was just pushing everything I wanted to do down. You know, that reminds me. I, I lived in L.A. for six years. You and did, I right? met somebody who, um, they'd never been to the beach. And it's like, we have Manhattan Beach. We have Venice Beach. We have right Santa there. Monica. I mean. You go anywhere and stuff. It's kind of like. Yeah. You know, you some doing? friends are like, hey, what are you doing? Hey, we're going to the beach or whatever. It's not like I love the beach, but it's right. like, I've been there. But for you to live in fucking Reseda and have never been to the beach to me that's just like what are you even saying yeah yeah it's like like your whole life it's like living in Germany and not having shot a Jew in the face (laughs) (laughs) it's like what are you doing step outside there's plenty of them like rats (laughs) you don't edit this at all not at all I'll tell you another example of that I just got a mattress I've been sleeping on a couch for a year yet another you're like I don't deserve a mattress not only that I got past the I don't deserve it, but I uh, my last apartment burned down, so the whole time I was just like, this one's just going to burn down again. It's just going to fucking burn. Oh, my and God. I'm so you're sitting on, on the couch like with your arm in the air, and your leg falls asleep, and you're like, well, why would I get a mattress? <laughs> Everything will just be I'm taken away I'm getting scoliosis. Exactly, dude. It's mental. All of this shit's mental, dude. Mm. I was cleaning my pipe, and my fingers smell like weed. Is there another person at the program that you were at that kind of um, 
Funny was one. either a canary in the coal mine for you, like, I don't want to be, like, this much of a loser, or someone who said something that was, that like, now. oh, shit. No, yeah, my, I had a, um, this great, you fucking great question. Was that even on the list? It wasn't, dude. There's no way you could have known that with your fancy fucking list, dude. See? Go I, up without material. Part of it is absorbing uh, your energy, but yeah. Part of it is your pirate beard, which I'm jealous of because it looks great. Dude. Oh, thank you. I can't. I look like an incel if I grow it out. <laughs> I look so disgusting. Um, no, yeah, I had a, a family friend, like a slash grandma. She doesn't like being called grandma. She's a former like parole officer. She's been in the program, and she saw me going through all this stuff. <clears throat> this fucking golf cart. I hope you crash. Yeah, that guy's here every day. <laughs> There's a bunch of them around here. Um, but she was in, around my life like these golf cart people for years. And she saw what I was going through and kind of like the abuse. I hate using that word, but the really it was abuse. And she kept telling me, she was like, you need to get in this program. And I just wouldn't listen to her. And then she kept talking to me and talking to me. And she would like be one of the only people who actually listened. That's part of the thing is like we never let ourselves be present like real deal people with that uh that alcoholism in their family but we also never like get listened to and she was one of the few people that really listened to me and then yeah I'd finally listened to her I was like I gotta get help because I I realized actually it happened after this last um she looked like she had the shoulders of my father and I was like okay I'm gonna try to put it in her and it didn't work out it didn't go well. I had basically just recreated my my parents' failing marriage, and the, but I had become both parents. I was inadequate and yet judging. It was all the worst shit. And I realized because I had a suicide attempt like three years before then, but I realized right then like if I don't do something, I am gonna kill myself for sure. And then I'll never hear the next Joe Rogan. And then he went off. He went on to Spotify, and then I became suicidal again. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I, I just knew, like, I, I had to do something. I hit rock bottom. Like, the the way addicts hit it, like, I was finally there. I was just like, I gotta go fucking help. I need yeah. help. And then I felt Well, like it I just helped. seemed like someone listened to you and they were kind, and you're like, oh, this is like a kind mother figure. Like, this, it's also possible for my whole childhood to have looked like this in in the projection in the relationship with that lady, right? I knew it was bad. I mean, you know it's bad. But I just didn't. I just was like, oh, this is the way it has to be. Was it abandonment? Was it punishment? Was it timeout? Was it beatings? Was it... Uh, you talk about on stage being raised in a trailer park. Oh, was yeah. that what it was? No, that was... Uh, this This whole... The rough part of it came later. My parents lived in like a double wide trailer that would sink in the middle. Because we were, we were just poor mentally. I have a lot of scarcity from them. Where I don't feel like there's enough of things or that things are going to be okay. That's part of it. But the rough stuff came later when I was around in high school. That guy was just such a dick. Um, but yeah, it, it was just, it was kind of like being locked in a pit with no escape there. And I was so insecure at that time. The last thing you want to do is just push more of that into an insecure. And I, I just took to it like, um, you know, George Floyd to the concrete. <laughs> You're deflected, but I'm trying to <laughs> I'm trying to peel this through. Um, oh yeah, that's the trailer one. park. That how how it was. Uh, yeah, what was your punishments like? Was you're it... getting a lot. I bet fucking Daniel West didn't talk about this much. <laughs> Kanye's brother. 
Um, I love Daniel West. He, I think he Daniel's was the fucking best. Oh, he's such a sweet guy. But like any like personal stuff like that, he would be like, really. <laughs> it was like it seemed like he was raised by like really sweet people who yeah. like you know really loved him. You know what I mean? So what an asshole! What an asshole! I was thinking about that. Like I can't believe there's people who were raised right and just yeah. don't feel bad. I'd like to have one of those kids just to be like. You don't know what it's like, you piece of shit. Yeah, my, my family was very... Uh, it was the light in the dark. We had good times. Like, we, you know, uh, went on vacation sometimes. We went on to Disney World, and we went to Jamaica. And, like, that... Mm. There was, like, some... It wasn't terrible. Like, we did live, like, okay. But there was a lot of screaming and yelling and stuff like that. And uh, then there was some booze, and then there was some, right. you know whatever and uh then like my parents were like always like fighting but like but like fighting when they were fighting like f like s their words like uh -oh. they were like fighting for for keeps yes, yes and yes, so yes. it was like that kind of stuff so it was like what's the point of a vacation if we're just gonna be miserable yeah the lives? light in the dark and i think we really should have done like therapy type of <laughs> uh, like like family type of therapy like more yeah. like get intervening instead of uh but anyway, but maybe yeah. earlier would have been uh, divorce. Good. I mean, hindsight, you know, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so been. you're in a trailer. It, it, it's bending <laughs> in the middle. It, it sure it, is. Wait, did you have a can of tuna? You know, those don't grow <laughs> on trees. It was the scarcity mindset that that was the most thing. Yeah, and I think we applied that. My brother and I, sorry, John, to um, us not being enough. Like there wasn't enough, and then all of a sudden we were not enough. Um, one thing that happened at that trailer park is my brother he used to get picked on by other kids in the neighborhood and this big black kid picked on him named Marquise and my brother oh no actually my dad walked out to confront Marquise and he tripped and he fell on him and then they were pinned under each other they looked like a mudslide and they were there for like 30 seconds and then they got up and my dad said oh god damn it and he walked in mm. he also broke the toilet one time my dad um, we were watching Spy Kids 2 and I remember hearing God damn it! And then he had cracked the toilet because he was so fat. <laughs> he had okay. like cracked it in the fall. <laughs> uh, he had diabetes. You want to talk about self-hate? That's where I first saw it. And then hate, hate. I learned it afterwards with that other dude. But I mean, it's just... It, this kind of thing goes way back into the family. And then these people who are hurting inside, they find each other. And they put the thing in the hole. And then they, they have the other... Can you draw that for me? I, I've heard about this. I have an etched sketch. Um, yeah, so they were both. I, you think your parents were like suffering from like super depressed, not feeling yeah. inadequate, and then they they were they like, been, let's just yeah. put that all on these kids. <laughs> yeah, I think let's put it on ourselves. And my dad just felt inadequate. He had a terrible relationship with his his dad, and really not great with his mom. And then my mom had her own stuff. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like. If I don't, not necessarily fix myself, I can't be perfect. But if I don't, if I don't do it, like, I, I don't know what it's going to cause down the road. Like, that, that kind of stuff, the things you do with your kids, it just amplifies. It becomes a bigger and bigger, like the butterfly effect with Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> and I miss him. They put a dog inside a potato sack and lit it on fire in that movie. Uh -huh. And I do not like that movie to this day for that reason. Love uh -huh. Ashton Kutcher. Mm -hmm. Love that 70s show. I love Fez, 
you put a brown person with an accent on TV, I'm going to like him. Mm. That's just what we do. Let's get that brown guy in there. Is he still here? Let's get him in here. He's different looking. <laughs> he makes me feel like it's okay for me to be brown and different looking. <laughs> it is not. I'm rooting for that guy. Um, did you go to any kind of college or any kind of tech school or any kind of thing like that? I was a janitor at University of Texas at Arlington for mm -hmm. um, seven months. I did Molly there the first time. It was the only time I did it. See, so you went to college. <laughs> <laughs> I moved in with some friends. I mean, you, you got to imagine, like, someone who hates himself, I just had no plan. I was just going wherever, living in Arlington for no reason, just with some buddies. And the isolation got worse and worse. I jerked off a lot. Um, the Molly was involved in that. I had a, such a horrible crash one night. On, I, I took taken Molly once, and then um, I just, like, had a horrible depression crash after and I haven't done it since it was a fucking dark time I had a buddy that's what led me there it's one thing I forgot to mention I had a buddy kill himself one of my best friends when I was 18 I think I had just turned 19 like three days after he died um, and then that just like you take an insecure person and then you best pile friend. on Best friend kills himself. And then you pile on that. And I then was gonna... it's like, what What should I have done? Am I not enough as a best friend? I was roasted inside. Yeah, yeah, no, no, you know it. Suicide is the worst way to die because it leads to so much guilt and to so much shame. And then you already have, I already had so much shame. I just attached all the blame to that. Like I, two years ago, I just decided, like, I'm, I'm not responsible for his death. Like, there's no way I am. Like, I, I've thought it through. I was a good friend to him. I was just not there for myself. And, you know, would I, would I bring him back or would I bring Chris Seal back? I'd probably bring Chris Seal just so the open mic would come back <laughs> because I miss it. If you had to pick between your best friend and Chris Seal. Or Hitler, I'd choose Hitler because <laughs> I think he'd have a good podcast. He was a hell of a public speaker. <laughs> he was... He wouldn't do it. And, and yeah, I just want to see, would he keep that mustache? Would he, like, for, from the war, would he do <laughs> keep it? it. All right. Um, so, so after your friend died, you went to Arlington. You're like, I got to go to some kind of college. And then you like, like you moved out of Austin for the first time. Is I that did. Right? I did. I hadn't been out of Austin. I was just like, I was just leaving everything behind. Right. I just wanted to leave it all behind. And it's crazy that it still follows you. It yeah. still goes with you. That was the first time though, that it really felt God because I was really grieving and I was still in denial and out of all this bullshit, and I was still suicidal, but at that night I was like, I was grieving and really was thinking about it, and I was like, oh, like maybe the higher power, whatever that is, is sad about it too, you know, like maybe he's actually like right there with me, and that was the, that was the one bit of peace I got, and then it was just years and years after that, it was just, but all that suffering is optional, all that suffering gets in the way of the real shit, which is, it's just that one moment where I knew, like, I would, I was going to be okay. Even if I didn't believe it, like, I knew. Um, but, yeah, losing that guy was hard. I still think about him. It still flares up from time to time. I miss and him. And did you must have been at least similar, like, misery finds each other, you know? And, like, you must have had similar mental problems That's as so him. Funny, similar uh, everything. That's why you were friends. I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> But, uh, you Italians, you're so emotional. We are. Oh my god. Every time my mom made the sauce, she like hit me with the windspoon. <laughs> but, anyway. but, uh, 
It's like is is beating the uh, an ingredient in the in bolognese. <laughs> but anyway, um, <laughs> but you uh, you got it's like you. it's like you were so close. It's like it flip a coin. It was you or him that was gonna kill it, yourself. Do you see he, what I'm saying? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. He had a lot of shame. You're exactly right. He had a lot of shame. I think the difference with him is that he had genuine mental illness. And that that's like a, a term that's thrown around a lot. There's a difference between optional suffering and like at age three, he was like, oh, you know, mom, there, there's people talking to me and they want me to kill you. Like he was real psychotic and he was on a ton of medications for it. And I think he was like surviving that. But there's there had been times before that where I was just riding my bike as fast as I could because I didn't know where it was. And I was like, oh, he's killed himself this time. And he didn't that time. You know, and I was riding around. So every time you rode to his house, and you're like, or you couldn't find him, you're like, oh, he's killed himself. Yeah, his and mom then the one time he did. Yeah, actually, I was in Arlington, and I was waking up for my job that day. I had just got a new job as a janitor, and I was so poor. And I was like, finally, there's a rest. And I was, um, I'd woken up at 10 a.m. and his sister had called me and was, oh, she was like, a, you know, Anthony's dead. And I was like, oh, Anthony, the guy that went into the army, that motherfucker. I'm glad he's dead. I hung up and then I realized it was a different Anthony and she, I was like oh the one that matters oh <laughs> okay yeah don't name your son Anthony it's very common <laughs> it's too common and then someone's trying to give you this news and all you do is deflect and you know yeah I'm like you ever seen Spider-Man 2 I love that shit <laughs> Dr. Octopus yeah, let's let's put off this grieving shit. <laughs> yeah. <It> sounds awful. <laughs> sounds horrible. I mean, I, I just walked around in misery. I mean, I don't, thank God I'm still alive because I shouldn't be. Thank God. Thank God I get to like walk my dog and deal with. I get to like. Oh, my ass is itchy because I didn't wipe that well. Like I get to have that. Right. He doesn't like get that. Yeah. That's fucking tremendous. I'm. I'm so glad I made it out, and I think there's points where I wish. I wish he was here too, but uh, he he was damaged goods, man. That that's part of the problem. It's like you said, we just love people that can't love themselves. Uh, it's just. And you want to like put pick them up and try to show them the way or whatever. Yeah. But I was I was down as it is at that time. I couldn't love myself either. So what a surprise. Hmm. Yeah, my uh, roommate's uh, doing heroin. It's super cool. Um, <laughs> what gave you the courage to do your first at open mic? So you you were doing the suffering a year ago. You came out from this program that just explained, hey, do you know what self-hatred spirals are? And you're like, what's that? And then they have like the blocks and you're like, oh, yeah, my brain does that every day. <laughs> and so slowly you come out of the fog from this program that changed your whole life. Then comedy, did that come from... You know, you mentioned Joe Rogan's podcast. Was that an inspiration to you? Because what I see you do on stage is, like, you're unbelievably talented. Thank you, bud. I appreciate that. Thank you, bud. Um, I mean, some of the jokes you say, you, I'm like, oh, like, not all of them. If you say ten jokes, you, you say two jokes at a, you know, not, you know, that are, like, world class. Oh. <laughs> and, like, you just started. Thank and I'm you. like... Sometimes you're as funny as anybody, but it's <laughs> like it comes from this such dark, dark <laughs> darkness that when you finally walk out of it, it's like 
<laughs> you know what it. I mean? It, yeah, it, for me, yeah. it's it's great to watch. But what what was the first one you did? How yeah. nervous were you? How did you prepare for it? Oh shit, dude! Um, I was at Kick Butt Coffee and I, I just started shaking afterwards. I was I think they have them recorded my first like 30, 20, 10, 15 sets before they kicked me out. Before they stopped letting me go up there because I started talking about George Floyd and his porn tapes. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't want like it. Very At the coffee room. shop. You got to go where they sell booze and <laughs> say that shit. They did. It was a coffee and bar place. Um, yeah, I went up there and it, it was just like, you can't help someone until they want to help themselves. Until then, you can keep them alive. But really, until they hit a bottom, you can't do nothing for them. You know, and it, yeah, I think it's best to try and avoid that kind of responsibility and to keep that distance for yourself. Once I had finally turned that corner, I don't know, man. I just, I've had You're such... like, oh, I get it. Everything about my life is under my control. So let me take control. Was that the switch in your head? The switch. I had a buddy of mine that kept telling me, and then it, I've just used humor to survive. Like, God really gave me humor. He gave me a way to laugh at silly shit. And, like, when I was at Kirby Lane, I worked at Kirby Lane. I was a host. And every time people would go to the bathroom, I'd say, you know, just follow the smell. And that's not a good thing to say in a restaurant. But I was just so miserable at the time. That's just how I survived. Um, it's like, why did comedy pick me? That's a weird thing I feel about it. Um, because I was a singer, I'm a musician. I learned how to do that first. And I always felt like I was picking music, but this, like this just feels right. Like it just feels what I'm born for. And I kind of went through this weird crisis where I started watching a lot of Andrew Dice Clay, and I forgot that because he's so fucking good. He's so good. Um, he was just he had the special a second special where he goes off on men because he made so much fun of women at first he just goes on a complete hour against men um and i was like i don't even know if i could do that anymore like i i, I lost all faith in myself but this this is just what i've been using to survive for years and now i just on good days i have faith i'm like i'm gonna make it i'm gonna make it one way or another i'm gonna make it and you know fucking holler box the new rogan has comedy made you feel terrible like bombing a set like that did it stir up darkness in you because i've bombed before some high level like good shows that were like and like like i bombed a roast battle at the comedy store for have example. you really and i mean i got to the top of laurel canyon yeah i start bawling my eyes out yeah going you're a fucking loser this is what i was saying to myself you fucking, I wrote nine jokes. I literally think I picked the wrong three. You know what I mean? I wrote 15, I cut it to nine, and I go, okay, let's do these three. And all the whole ride home, I'm going, you fucking asshole, douchebag, moron. The other thing that happened was, I was in New Orleans doing comedy with black people every night. Nice. And then, and when I used to, when I used to live in LA in 2014, Earl Skakel was the house racist. And there would be like three black people in a row and they'd be like, seems like a slave auction. I don't know whether to laugh or to place a bid. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so then I went, 
I did some race jokes. Right. And then bro- and then the audience turned on me because Trump got in. Oh. So, like, I feel like my <laughs> knowledge of the roast battle ha- had been flipped on its head of what the audience would take because I didn't understand how Damn. how much California hated Trump. <laughs> and so then, like, the stuff that you could get away with, and the house racist wasn't there anymore. Oh. And so I was the piece of shit who was like, and then uh, Brody Stevens starts going, you're making it racial. You're making it racial. I love it. And then the fucking audience would, like hated me. Do you but, think that's what he did when he uh, what he said when he hung himself? <laughs> <laughs> well, what you were saying about your friend with the medication, Don Barris did my podcast, and both Don Barris and Mary Jane were going. It was the medication. Don it was Barris the medication. Your fucking podcast. Yeah, bro. Holy shit. Yeah, bro. He did go off his meds at that time. I remember. Well, hearing. they were saying that it was the med- if he never did meds, they were thinking he would be okay because. He, you, you know, your own body maybe can... And I, I'm i super not qualified to say. That's what Don Barris and Mary Jane told me on my podcast. Oh, really? So they, they were like, just mm. the meds, like you could deal with your own misery in your own head and self-regulate it. That's but when you throw meds on, then they put your biology in a different course. And I don't know. I, I mean, think it's the same but different. I think you're on the right path. Um, the only reason I interrupt is because I remember seeing him on Joey Diaz. And then... I saw that he was going to go off his meds. He talked right. about it. He's like, I'm going to go off my meds. And then two months later, he's killing himself. I think there's something really profound to be said about the interaction between like biochemistry and medication. I'm on medication. It's good to get off of it, but you got to keep someone alive first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you got to keep someone alive. I mean, I remember when I got on meds, I hadn't, uh, a program would have saved my life. But at that point, I just wasn't. I just wasn't. You listening. needed a, a you gotta get something. I yeah. the last thing I want to do now. I mean, I know what it's like when I miss my meds for a day, and you get electrical zaps, and then you start getting oh wow fucking panicky. And I can only imagine what they had Brody on. Don't mess with your meds. Yeah. Don't mess with your meds. I don't know anything about this. I'm just saying they they were close to the situation. But yeah, I think it was the coming on, the coming off, and that would that. Yeah. Uh, uh, you it were saying like, he deserved it when it happened. <laughs> I never said that. You were saying, bro, that you are you are taking this. Tore me apart at the roast battle and incited a riot. Oh, so I was crying in my car, in my car, right? Like literally sobbing, going, "You're a fucking idiot, dude! You're, a, dude." I saw this. I still can see it right now. A Camaro pulled up next to me, mm-hmm. and he had a thin mustache, and he had a Camaro. Like it was probably had like milf juice in it. You know what I mean? And like he had like a hot car, and he just looked over at me like, "The fuck is this guy's problem?" Type of thing. And then it went green. He just peeled off. He's like, "Later, loser. I'm gonna go <laughs> suck some pussies right now." And and then I almost had this weird thought of like, I feel bad for that guy, cause he's never gonna know what it is to love something so fucking much. Like he's probably. You know, got his 401k. He's putting his fingers in buttholes all the time. Right. You know, not calling him back, treating people like shit, and just like, well, this is how I, I, I do it, bro. Yeah. And then it's like, dude, I fucking will, you know, die in a cross for this, right. for what I believe in, you right. know? And like, so at least I had, I don't know. But, no, but it was like, I was like, right. my mind was like so traumatized. I was like looking for anything to be like, no, that guy, I have, even though I'm crying on my car, I have one up on that guy. You I agree I mean? with you. I, the, the thing that helps me with bombing, one thing I'm trying to learn is that a lot of bombing is mental. But if you bomb, 
all my favorite comics bombed. Yeah. Like, all my favorite comics have the worst shit stories. Like, I heard one of Tom Segura's sets where the whole audience turns on him, except he has 30 more minutes to go. And they just, they're screaming, get off, get off, get off. And, dude, it's such a bad bombing. Like, that's what makes great comedians. I think so. And, uh, you know, to be honest, I put out my special on YouTube, you know. I didn't get fucking shit for it, but I think it's really good. Conspiracies and dick jokes, I, I made three. Uh, fart porn and beer halls and nice. it's a medical device. They're all 30 minutes. But um, when I then I moved out here and I only really had 10 minutes because I really don't want to do those old jokes again. I want right. to build my new yeah. hour, right? Um, so then, uh, so like I was like trying to make an impression in a new comedy town. So I wanted to like kind of like get on the good book shows like as fast as possible. Yeah. You know what I mean? But then, like, I would do play certain places and bomb because I got new jokes. And then, like, that uh, would, like, spiral me out where it's, like, yeah. I know. But it's also, like, I had in my head, like, no, I know I could do well here. Like, Eric, listen to me. You can do well if you do your own jokes. You're choosing the hard path. Mm. You're choosing a bomb. So, like, it's okay. In the long run, this will work out for you. It, you know, because you're working on a new fucking act. You know what I mean? So it's hard. I, it is hard, but like in the moment, I want to be, you know, the top dick in the room all the time or whatever, or just not, you know, do poorly. But anyway. Yeah, sometimes um, it's just like the worst thing is silence. Ugh. And they're just looking at you, and I'm like, oh, this is a TED talk. So I had one, I'm working on one of my new jokes is about splitting bills with a girl. I used to live with a girl in LA, and like we would split bills, and like every time. Like, we would split bills, and she's like, I have to really pay this? Like, she would, like, not give me sex and stuff like that. <laughs> like, the sex was really gone. And so I started, you know, when I came here, I started thinking about that and doing a joke about, like, you know, splitting bills with a girl, like, it dries their vagina. And they, they even tested this scientifically, you know. They had one control group split bills with their boyfriend, and another control group would shove flour and salt in their vaginas. The group with the flour and salt were 40% less dry than the girl splitting the bills, right? So I was telling this joke, right? And this girl, like, it doesn't get a laugh. And then this girl goes, their vaginas aren't dry because they're splitting bills with you. It's because you're hideous. And I was like, (laughs) like, not only did the joke bomb, I look like a misogynistic asshole. This girl fucking heckles me, gets a huge laugh, and it's all about my you know vitality as a man or my you know and I was just like oh (laughs) so then I was like then I like I may not have been back to the Romo room since then no I I have been back it was that Romo I think yeah 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 but she's a good comic I'm not mad at her she she timed that perfect and she was right and like in the moment so I gotta give like if you get knocked out in boxing I don't know but I know I know her I know her face (laughs) I'd see her but like if you get knocked out in boxing it's like you know, I lost. But like, you know, if you get knocked out in comedy, you have to be like, I lost. You know what I mean? So I and she was like, good comic timing, didn't interrupt me, hung me out on my own rope. But it's like, I do like also go through like severe self hatred spirals. There's also like this podcast that I'm trying to get on, and like, um, you know, and just because I, I got booked on it, and then they kicked the can down the road, and oh, then nice. they didn't. Um, and still I'm waiting like for for it yeah. but um uh there was one night where like super irrationally I was like 
you're a fucking loser. That's why they don't. They found out you're a fucking loser. You know what I mean? And it's like that's that's got nothing to do with what's going on. Uh, I'm, you know, they have a lot of guests, and I'm one of them because I was always told I'm one of them. It's just like a scheduling thing, and like I'll like take something like that and like make a fantasy about it. You know what I mean? Like a self hatred fantasy about it. Absolutely, it's never rooted in reality. Yeah, it's always it's always dude. I do that twelve times a day. It's always something worse. It's like oh, like I have to wait in line for beer. It's probably because my penis is small, <laughs> and it is. But that's it's not exactly correlated. No, yeah, I I know what you mean. Part of what I'm realizing is either thick skin or a lot of self love or delusion is taken to get really good. At comedy. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go the delusion route. Let's do whatever it. works. Um. What are you so you you mentioned the mattress? What are other things that you uh, sort of deny yourself? Even with the mineral water, I was like, hey, this is for you, know. and you're like, no, I don't. That's not for me. Anything I don't deserve people, a mineral yeah. water. Yeah, anything where I'm like, oh, now I owe that person. It's such a crazy way to live. Uh, what a fucking crazy way to live. Um, did your uh, growing up was it like, well, I gave you this, so now was there a lot of that extortion you felt? I think they would treat each other that way I think uh, my parents would treat each other that way I mean my mom should have got divorced earlier I'm a, I love divorce that's an old Louis bit where he's like anytime someone gets divorced it's a good thing and then he jerks off what <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> <I>, a closer <laughs> sure is a closer uh, more of an opener I can see but they would spits. like blackmail each other with like no I've done this labor you owe me this labor yeah like, I think I, they just I took the trash out so what the fuck are you at looking at me for like that kind yeah. of thing they hated each other because of what they weren't and they hate I think my dad especially hated mm. himself because of what he wasn't as a dad um, a lot of the inadequacy stuff that I was going through with this earlier relationship it's exactly what my dad did he just he would mentally separate he, he would just feel shitty about himself. All the symptoms of depression. Like, I, I talked to my dad about it. Now I'm like, no wonder I hate myself. No wonder. The framework is all there. This motherfucker. And he's so dark-skinned. He looks so... He looks like a black man. <laughs> he will say the N-word in public. Um, he, you know, and it's... I think he felt different from everyone. And he felt separate from everyone growing up. And you, you see that, and it's just like, oh, fuck. You see the inner child of him that suffers and I feel for that part of what I what helps with the bombing because you can bomb in life you can bomb in every day like I don't self love is something that I'm and it sounds corny but I've never actually done that and since I did I became like way more just confident able to walk around in my own skin just pretending that I'm I'm hugging my inner child you know that kid who I used to be who like I still am and just mentally hugging him and say like hey it's gonna be okay you're gonna be alright um that's what you do you hypnotize yourself look at yourself in the eyes as an eight year old like reverse time and go no you're you're good that's that's how you do this self love practice. I just imagine his face I imagine the kid that they broke and I imagine that face that I used to be when I was so innocent that that, that purity where I, I feel like things are be, gonna be okay and I I'm just like you're like, I love you. You're okay. And I'd never done that. I had spent most of my time, like, looking in the mirror and spitting at my reflection, <laughs> which is awesome, which is hilarious. Um, great for comedy. Yeah, no, it, that's one thing that really helps. And I think the higher power stuff comes after that, but, like, that's been the missing piece. All along is I just, 
it was me the whole time. It was just me. I just hated myself the whole time. That's why I'm a bit more patient with my dad. I need to reach out to him more. I'm fucking still isolated from him, but I just see the pain. I see what he went through. And I, I see what he puts himself through now. I see where little bits he's not able to be honest with himself. And instead of hating him, because that was something I used to do, I'm just like, you know, he's hurting. He's hurting, and I pray to God he gets help. But it, that's another tough, scary part of it is unless someone wants help, you can't help them. They just won't let you. And you can only take care of yourself. You know, and you can only be like, hey, I love this person and I'll keep them alive, but until they hit that bottom, ain't much is going to help. Yeah. Dangerous beast. It is. It's a fickle bitch, too, because comedy is so hard to, like, make a living in. It's all, It's another, like, almost like thirst trap where, like, you know, um, you put a lot of money into it. Not gas money, Ubers, beers, oh. time, and, uh, you know how many people are torn right now like with uh, the Delta variant <laughs> There's thanks a good Fauci <laughs> why don't you queef a, another fucking variant you cocksucker <laughs> fucking f- fucking pharmaceutical industrial complex fucking czar <laughs> Nazi douchebag he is getting rich god you're so old Go he was, die, dude. He was big during the AIDS crisis. That's how that, he was. He was rocking the AIDS thing. We can we get another goon for a pandemic to like get another set of eyeballs on this? <laughs> this fucking reptile person. <laughs> oh, like, I can tell you're into the conspiracy. It's just like it's hard for him to like be human. Like he's pr- probably like trying to be a beetle, and he's like got to like use all of his energy to stay in human form. Um, yeah. Do you? I think we covered this question. Question 15. Do you have a fear of success? Do you sabotage yourself? Do you ever allow yourself to go, oh, I'm going to be a torn comic? I've never... At first. At first. But then I heard something off of Dice's first special. He was wearing the leather jacket. He did like a, a monologue. He was smoking a cigarette always know I made it, never had a doubt. Between you and me, life is like sex. What you put in, oh, you always get out. And I'm like, oh, it clicked. It clicked. Um, That's part of the the whole control thing is like, I actually have a future now. I never let myself have that. I I was always like, you have to master everything in your life today or else there will be nothing tomorrow. It's like... I'm going to make it one way or another, you know, whether I'm touring, whatever I'm doing. Like, I, I've come through so much already, and I I remember I would go through this period where I would just pray, like, every hour of every day, like, please just kill me, God. Like, please just, please just kill me. I don't want to do this anymore. To come from that, it's going to be all right. Like, I, I know I'm going to be on tour I'm just going to keep riding, do my thing, and get good. That's like the only other thing left, is just to get good. And then once I get good, everything else is supposed to come. But it's the getting good good that's hard. And I've eaten so much dick at this place. I can tell I'm making some progress, but I'm very green. And I just, I need more time in it. I need more years. I want to earn my keep. But yeah, I mean, like, I didn't go to college. I don't have any certificates. I went to barista school three weeks and did nothing with it this is it for me yeah 
This is it. Um, do you, and I'm just going to say yes to this question before I ask it to you. Do you find people who self-promote in the comedy scene to be douchebags? This has been a fucking great podcast. This Thank has been you. really good. This is not what I expected at all. I used to do podcasts for my mom's car, and then I'd leave the AC off. I just start sweating profusely. It's horrible, and I do hours long too. At forty-five, you feel like a dog in the, like a mall parking lot. Because <laughs> you're like, I don't need to feel good. <laughs> I need the audio to be clean, <laughs> so that like this is hour two, forty-five minutes in. I'm throwing up like it's the master blaster. <laughs> no, but the audio is good because the uh, <laughs> AC's off. No one's I don't deserve this. a mattress. I don't deserve air conditioning. I'm coming in, sleeping sweaty on the couch. They should have kicked me out. There are some people, and I guess this is what I always say, that are so good at self-promoting, and then when you, I see them on stage, and I, f- I feel like you're you're just self-promoting on stage too. <laughs> this is the time for the content. That's a good point. I I want to name names so hard right now. You should. Plug for Nikolai Hernandez. Tamir Bryant. I'm sorry. Um, Who? You know who's really good at self-promotion? I'll I'll let you go. Burt Kreischer. Love it. Fucking great Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to hate Burt, but then I realized I'm an alcoholic too. And now I love Burt. (laughs) I love Burt. And you're like, that's what... I think he's just shameless about it, but he... And, like, so does not give a fuck how how dumb he looks, but, like, does it. And so... No, I I like Burt. I'm a fan of Two Bears, One Cave. Fuck! That's so good! Um, Um, But, yeah, plugs, if you wanted to plug stuff. Um, How can people find you on the social networks? Onlyfans.com slash Riley Reed xxxtwitter.com slash jade lee um, those are my favorite porn stars I like Riley, Riley Reed because she has freckles on her face and she's a mother now and so I imagine she's holding her baby and she think, and then she thinks about the scenes she's done the, the 12 black guys and she's like good night um, <laughs> <laughs> she's just like looking at the little mouth like I wonder how 12 black dicks are <laughs> like just imagine the t- the sexual trauma constantly yeah. running yeah. through her, her head. She's like, and then Talk. Mother Goose said, I gape. <laughs> I, <laughs> that was in the Ten Commandments. Thou shall not gape. Uh, how can people find yeah. you on the social? Okay. At Attempter's Log. You can go to ericollerbach.com, E-R-I-C-H-O-L-L-E-R-B-A-C-H.com, shows and podcasts. You could go to acbdremedy.com, promo code ERIC for 20% off your order. Get some cannabis oil. Um, Saturday, October 16th, 2021, I'll be in Las... I won't be in Las Vegas. Klaus Schwab Jr. will be in Las Vegas with Sam Tripoli and Eddie Bravo, 7 p.m. and 9.30 p.m. Uh, go to samtripoli.com for tickets. Uh, Love Eddie Bravo. Be tremendous. He has no idea, Eddie Bravo, who Eric Hollerbach is, but he loves Klaus Schwab Jr. He texts Klaus Schwab Jr. three times a week. I'm yeah. not joking. Yeah. Um, so, this has been episode 315 of Highway Diary with my guest, Nikolai Hernandez. Look out for this guy. This guy's coming up fast. I'm telling you. I'm telling you something. George Floyd, say his name. <laughs> Later, motherfuckers.